when I was starting off in the in, in my career, and there was somebody that I admired so much, and he was crushing it financially. He walked really fast wherever he went. I love that about him. But on the flip side of it, he could crush it in business. But on the flip side of it, he was on the brink of divorce, battled with cocaine, and you know, could go zero to 10 like that, right? And lived in really that I remember when mindset that really kills a lot of guys. But you know, at 21, 22, when you are addicted to validation and you care what other th people and other men think so much, you, you kind of emulate, it's the law of the mirror, you know, Maxwell talks about that a lot. And so those lines get blurred and skewed. And I get questions all the time. It's like, well, is the school of man there to teach me how to be a man? Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question. This podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. And today, my special guest is Colt Rogers of the School of Man. Colt is helping men change their lives with this program that is so much more than physical. Cole, welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Man, Brent, I appreciate it, brother. I'm extremely grateful to be with you today. And I look forward just to our conversation because at the end of the day, your mission is my mission as well. We can have impact on one man, his family, and leave the world a better place. Hey, then we're doing our job. Absolutely. Cole, I never do big introductions because... I get to research everybody before I have them on the show. So mm -hmm. in your own words, who is Cole Rogers? Well, that's a question I have not been asked on a podcast yet, and I love it. So you're coming out with the heat, my friend. Who is Cole Rogers? For one, I know myself. It's the greatest gift that any man can give himself. But for two, I'm a man that has a stand. I'm someone that seeks freedom every single day. I'm the man that my wife actually dreams about at night but gets to wake up to in the morning. I am the hero and the father that my children need and the man they deserve me to be. I'm not a lighthearted man. I'm a lion-hearted man. I'm secure enough to show the world my flaws, but fierce enough to attack them head on. And I will make mistakes because I'm a perfectly flawed man, but I'll own those mistakes and suffer the consequences like a true man will. I'm a leader, whether it be one or many. I'm called to lead. I've learned to hold others lovingly accountable like a true leader would. As a man, my spirit is unbreakable. And my mind is an iron cage in which I only hold the keys to. When you look inside my soul as a man, you'll see a warrior phoenix with fire in his eyes and ashes dripping from my wings of rebirth because I'm reborn daily. Due to my one-second contract that I have signed and owned, I strive to live and never exist because existing is easy, living is harder. I am a man that takes my everyday responsibilities to the 10x max. I am one of those guys that is going to constantly pay it forward, help liberate others like I have been liberated because freedom is the greatest gift we can give ourselves. And if I can just change one life and just one life, then and leave the world a better place and I've done my job. That is a my ethos as a man, Brent. For never having to deal with that question before, that was incredibly well put together. I can tell that you doing research for the show. I mm -hmm. was looking through your website, I was looking through your social media and I was impressed with the school of man ethos and we'll get into that in a mm -hmm. little bit, but it's and that's obvious where that really comes from that you, know, you value where, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that comes from. I, I, 
and I don't want to get off course by any stretch. You know, so many men in today's world have no clue what an ethos is, and they think it's a mission statement or no, 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 no. An ethos is your spirit. It's enthusiasm. It's what courses through your veins. So when someone asks me a question, who is Cole Rogers or what do you stand for? I immediately go to the creed and in in our code and psalm that we created in class one. Men, collective men created that ethos. But it's one thing to have it on paper, right? You can be a Navy SEAL all day long, but if you're not living that ethos and you're not the standard, you can talk about it all you want, but you got to go be about it. And understanding too, this is something that I get into a lot, that you're a perfectly flawed man. And it's okay to admit that. You got to own it. You got to do something with it. You don't play the woe is me or victimization card there. My ethos is my shoreline. I mean, it is definitely when I'm on the road, I'm traveling, I'm speaking, I'm working across the country and you're put into that situation, maybe at a bar, maybe you're in a business setting and you want to overserve yourself a couple of times and there might be a pretty girl at the bar i mean you know you are tempted me and men are tempted every single day of our lives if you don't have a code you don't have an ethos you don't have a shoreline brother you're going to fall for everything and it's just going to be just a life cycle of sabotage cole you've written a book about the journey and guys Mm -hmm. i'll have that in all the show notes where you can find it it's a great read it's an easy read Uh, but it will get your attention. I promise you, you guys know, I always read a book before I talk about it on the show. So Cole, you've written a book about founding of school of man and that journey. You have a podcast called school of man alpha talk with Cole Mm -hmm. Rogers. You can find on all the big podcast areas, guys. My brain is bright today. I'm sorry. Apple podcast, Spotify. Yep. The whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. But, and you have a gym that you work out of with Mm -hmm. the school of man. There's a home for it. But tell us in your own words, what is School of Man? Yeah, our mission is to create better men by helping each man focus on what matters most. And our vision has always been since day one to be the most impactful organization for men, not necessarily the largest, because it's important that as a man, you meet him where he is in his life. And at that place in his life, you help him 10x to whatever level he needs to go to. And School of Man's made up of so many different men, and that's the way it should be. If you want un- if you want unreasonable results, you have to become an unreasonable man. And we foster that type of environment, and that's how we founded it in class one, four and a half, five years ago, to because we were disenfranchised, and there's nothing wrong with the men's groups today, but there's just a lack of results that are being produced. And unfortunately, a lot of them have fallen victim to political speak and being very timid and telling men what they need to hear versus what they want to hear. And we are a mission-based organization. What I mean by that, Brent, is that there's always new starting lines in our life. And there's not, you start for 12 weeks and then you stop. We answer that question that all men are looking for of what's next. And so in some, this is our gift to the world to create not just better men, but homes and families and that these young men that are coming up get to see exactly what it is to be a real man, right? And get on attention on that one. And our daughters get to marry a man that we want, you know, we want to be a part of our family, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where Psalm has really taken hold of hearts and minds and spirits with within our family. It's a big family. That's what it is. It started here in Little Rock, but what's incredible about it is, is that it's, we got men across the country 
but we focus on men that are humble, hungry, and smart. Those are three key virtues that we look for. It'd be really easy for us to open things up and say, hey, let's get the thousands of folks and push them into a private Facebook group and just do blog after blog, et cetera. And there's a place for that, but guys have already done all that. For hours, we want you to come to our doorstep because you're seeking something, you're looking for more, you're looking to take that life to another level that you didn't even think was even possible. Maybe you've hit a rut or in mediocrity, or maybe you're killing it and you have incredible momentum in your life, but you wanna make sure that you are staying on the right path, the righteous path. And that's where Psalm becomes very powerful. And your network at the end of the day just starts to, uh, to build and your net worth, not just financially, but just in all aspects of your life, expands beyond your wildest dreams, my friend. Now we're actually gonna, we're actually gonna dive into that yeah, you, the, where you hesitated for a second there. I asked, so, you know, you and I have very similar missions in what we're trying mm -hmm. to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask all the guys that are in this area. Yeah, this field. One, one, one specific question because like so many different answers, right? Sure. Can you quickly define the difference between being a male, masculinity, and being men? One of my favorite shirts that I have says, it says toxic masculinity. And that's toxic is crossed out and it says essential over the top. Mm -hmm. Are these terms different? Are they synonymous? Are they related? Break it down for us real quick. Yeah, that's a great question. And I do believe that we are in a renaissance period. I'll be totally candid with you. I think we're on the early end of a renaissance period of creating the renaissance man. That's just me personally, right? And, you know, toxic masculinities, label, labels for one will hurt people, men, women included in that. But for me, the difference between masculinity and being a man, it really goes back to one fundamental key principle with me is knowing thyself as a man and embracing vulnerability. At the end of the day, I mean, that's what saved me and liberated me as a man. I know how to shoot. I know how to jump out of airplanes. I know how to do all the hard stuff that we kind of associate with being that tough and rugged kind of guy. But I'm also one of those guys too that understands how to walk into a room and leave the room better than I found it. I am very in tune with my emotions. I'm a dangerous man in a good way because I understand how to regulate my emotions. And so from a toxicity aspect of it, I don't buy into all that, that, that narrative by any stretch of the imagination. And a real man, a masculine man to me, starts with knowing himself. And uh, just a on the flip side of that, and you ask that kind of in a two-part way, what's the difference between masculinity and being a man? There's plenty of men out there that are just simply existing, right? And you can see them walking in Starbucks. You can see them walking around your local park, et cetera. They're not taking care of themselves. They just have this entitled mindset at the end of the day. And the I have arrived and they feel like they've hit kind of their plateau. And just unfortunately, more men are dying in their 30s and 40s, we just don't bury them until they're in their 80s or 70s. You know, they it's just, that's not a man, you know? So from a masculinity perspective, my book is basically what I said, and I summed it up, a vulnerable, know thyself, always constantly working on thyself, very in tune with his emotions and understands how to leave people better than when you found them. And he's perfectly flawed at the end of the day. Don't know if that answered your question or not. I know that's a long way to, you know, to get around I'll, it. That's the thing is I don't, I putting your thumb, I, I agree with you entirely that we labels just destroyed. They really, and so putting your thumb on it and really 
people ask me all the time, well, what's the fallible man about? It's like, That's a really long answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not a short, concise, I'm trying to get it down to an elevator pitch, but you know, it's, it's not a really short, concise sure. answer, right? And so it's the same thing when people talk about men versus masculinity versus it's like, uh, that's not an answer, guys. It's not. I mean, that's a very, that's, an, that's a question that I love. I'm a very philosophical kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I get very deep and so do a lot of the men in Psalm, very stoic, stoicism piece of it. And I think too that, you know, I even put it in the introduction of my book, right? Like we were taught to emulate, you know, certain characters in movies and we forget that they're acting, right? Like they're simply acting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like watching Yellowstone and Rip Wheeler and that type of stuff, but you kind of get a, when you're growing up and I'm 38 years young, you start to develop identities at such a young age as a boy and as a man on who you want to emulate. And I'll give an example. Like when I was starting off in the in, in my career and there was somebody that I admired so much and he was crushing it financially. He walked really fast wherever he went. I love that about him. But on the flip side of it, he could crush it in business. But on the flip side of it, he was on the brink of divorce, battled with cocaine, and could go zero to 10 like that, right? And lived in really that I remember when mindset that really kills a lot of guys. But you know, at 21, 22, when you are addicted to validation and you care what other people and other men think so much, you kind of emulate, it's the law of the mirror. Maxwell talks about that a lot. And so those lines get blurred and skewed. And I get questions all the time. Is a school of man there to teach me how to be a man? No, we're there to help you become a better man. Now we have to define what that looks like. And you got to quit using the shotgun approach and start using a rifle at the end of the day. So I think that can go, that question and that answer around a campfire would be an incredible discussion and podcast itself. Yeah, I think I could gather several men and, go on that for Absolutely. many hours. Absolutely. Now here's the really deep question of yeah. the show. If you got this one, you're good. I know you try and maintain a mostly healthy diet, but I also know you're I a dad. I am. So what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Oh man, it's vanilla. I'm a easy day kind of guy. Cookies and cream. I will tell you this right now, like my daughter last night, my, I bring my son home from wrestling and my son's autistic. So we have to parent him differently, of course, than my older daughter. They're nine and eight. And Anyway, so he comes home from wrestling and he did really, really well. Like he responded behavioral wise. He did really, really well. And I'm learning all this. He's like, dad, I want a hot chocolate from Starbucks. All right. So we have big time dietary restrictions in our home, not just for the fact that we have just allergies, but uh, I was like, okay. So I get him a hot chocolate and go home. And of course, sis wanted her like Frappuccino, vanilla bean Frappuccino, (laughs) man. I'm a very health conscious diet kind of guy, but I have a sweet tooth. I mean, I'm immediately when I got it from the window, because she was at home, I took a sip and then another sip. And then, you know, like, uh, by the time I get home, she's looking at it like, where did, where did all this go? Like, where did it go, daddy? But, so, but vanilla cookies and cream, I like it. You live in uh, Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Do y'all make snow ice cream? Boy. Yeah, we do. We make homemade ice cream. Uh, no, like snow ice cream. Snow ice cream. No, no, no. I didn't hear that snow part. No, we don't. Uh, okay. We don't. That, that was something I grew up with. And the vanilla bean frappuccinos taste like snow ice cream to me. And so it hits that incredible. deep childhood memory for me. I'm like, nope, nope. Just just don't buy one. So, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> 
I no, I saw when you were in Little Rock. My sister's in Springfield, and I used to live in Springfield. So. Oh yeah, I go to Springfield a lot. Yeah. I do. It's like, oh yeah, I, I'm familiar with this part of the world. So. Yeah, I'm in Springfield a lot. Your program is very from mm-hmm. a lot of, like you said, there there are a lot of programs out there. There are a lot of men's mm-hmm. movements out there. But your program doesn't just stay with a physical or a mental. It's a very unique combination. So tell us a little bit about your program. Yeah, so to your point, there are a lot of programs. I mean, men's groups with churches, of course, to you've got high-end men's groups that are out there. And I'll tell you one thing that I am concerned with, and this is just me speaking candidly about it, is that Men showing up to a two to three day camp to get their teeth kicked in, you're not going to learn from that. And I don't necessarily think that's the best, the best formula for long-term success in today's world. That's just me saying that on the front end. We as men grow through the process and we can't microwave success. We can't Amazon prime it or anything like that. So how we built SOM was, and this is basically a part of my story, I went to a Navy SEAL Hell Week simulation and, you know, it was a three day, just intense and it was awesome. It changed my trajectory in life for a multitude of reasons that I won't dive into necessarily right now. But with that being said, there was no question what was next. There there was no answer to that. So when I was brought to my knees again with my wife a month later, I basically set out on a mission to create an organization that for myself, I had to create my own new realities. And men are lonely more than they've ever been in today's world. So how our model works is we use the physical aspect because every man wants fitness in his life. He wants to look good, feel good, operate and be an athlete, right? Like, I don't care who you are. You look at Tom Brady and you say, hey, that is the type of lifestyle that I would love to have. And I can have a very few men, 1% basically are the ones that go in and put the work on a consistent basis, right? Because I want to be, when I have grandchildren, if God grants me that opportunity to be the grandfather that's playing baseball in the front yard, playing football, I don't want to be the granddad that is just sitting in a chair the entire time watching news, you know? So with that being said, Psalm uses fitness and the physical component of part of the mountain to link into the emotional. It's life coaching on steroids is lack of a better term. So we use the physical aspect of it to get you moving in an appropriate way because movement elicits movement and it gives us insight into where you are as a man and what's going on into your life because a lot of men don't want to really talk about the hard stuff, right? Because we hit the easy button, which creates the hard life. What we're teaching you on the flip side is to go hard so you can create the life you want. And so with that being said, the fitness aspect of it serves in a multitude of ways. Because when you look back in the mirror and you know this and you like, you love what you see, you love what you physically see, right? And you start pursuing your wife more and you start being able to chip down at your mile time and get more pull-ups. And you don't have to be a CrossFit god or anything like that or an obstacle course race king, or you don't even have to adhere to the Goggins principles of running a hundred miler or 200 milers. I'm not sure most There's- of us can. Yeah, so there's a time and place for all that. The key is we use it to get inside your soul and get inside your mind and get inside your emotions. And that's how you start rebuilding and or building a better man and upgrading his frequencies. And I'll give you an example. Without using names, we're a very 
we're a very private group and re respect each man's story. But like this morning here at headquarters, we've got a five lane pool. And the concept of the pool is not only for recovery and mobility and all those good things that come with it, because most guys will tell us like, yeah, I can swim. They can't swim. And but the key is is like immediately their breath gets taken away and when our breath gets taken away the fight flight freeze mechanisms start kicking in and the ear and the narrator starts kicking in and we start losing momentum we start freaking out in three feet four feet of water and think we're going to drown but immediately on the pool deck what i can see as an instructor one person in particular days was struggling and it wasn't physically he was struggling mentally emotionally so what do you think we did the theme for this week and this month in psalm is about momentum and he slipped up this weekend. I could catch it, right? Like I could catch it like a Jedi Knight. So that's what we spent time connecting on that and talking through that. And he was so disappointed in himself that I could just see it. You know, I could just see it. And so could the other guys. So through our process, the fitness serves in a multitude of ways. It's ultimately getting men closer to freedom. It brings men closer together. The shared suffering and adversity is extremely important to the vulnerability in developing true brotherhood, not artificial brotherhood. Men that suffer together grow together, and that's just the truth. And that's how Psalm really got its start. I mean, it was very much, I knew the link to help men become more vulnerable. It goes back thousands of years. It goes back to that key aspect that the most elite teams operate on. And then from there, our certified instructors, because ours is very much a process, it's a very much jujitsu model. You go from that red shirt freshman phase, which we call the School of Man University, we're getting to know you, you're getting to know the culture, the ethos, the history, you know, that's very important to us. And we can start developing those profiles, send you through our Enneagram program, et cetera. And then in the event you want to move up, and you want to progress, then you go to our first phase and you earn your white shirt. And you get a subset of instructors, you get a new curriculum, lesson plan, and that will last anywhere from six to eight months. And it's all about knowing thyself because we can't help you if you don't know thyself. And the first place we like to start is the subtle art of caring without caring type of mentality because we care so much about what people think it's like this morning i had men box breathing and at the very end i had them doing ohms and i looked at them when they opened their eyes i said why do you think i did that and they said well just for us to get in harmony and relax and you know just clear out the monkey mind i was like no i did it because some of you and they all rose their hand and said some of you care way too much what people think and when you were ohming you're thinking the whole time like this is stupid this is weird this is crazy I was like, that in and of itself is where we need to go to work. So that's how Psalm works. It's a very progressive, you know, trust the process model. And we do have our crucibles that are very valuable, but we'll never open them up to the public. We won't do a three-day event for 12 grand. And, you know, you're going to come through our process because we can't microwave anything. And I'm not going to adhere to that. Don't get me wrong. We have two to three day camps and retreats, et cetera. But the whole goal is to get a man through our process because it's proven and it works and it upgrades men in all aspects. You uh, started School of Men because you needed to create your new, an own new reality, what you said, mm -hmm. right? You need to create your own new ecosystem to be in for you to be able to thrive. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is not why you continue taking something to this level. In your school of man ethos, you say a man is driven by his wife. So you created this and you could have stopped with 
you and your initial friend who were holding each other accountable and really started the foundation. Mm -hmm. Adam Pratt. Mm -hmm. Right. Why build this thing? That's a great question. There's been plenty of days. My wife has asked me that more than once and says, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Where's the money? Where's the, uh, you know, like you're spending so much energy right now. And man, there's been plenty of days, especially early on that I wanted to shut it down. Plain and simple. It'd been really easy to say, Hey man, I've done guys. I've, we've done some great work here, but I've got to take my, I got to open up a new chapter in my book, but I'll be honest with you. I need it more now than I've ever needed it before. And because me entering in Psalm now, I'm entering it at a different level of my life. And we've got it to the place to where my command is decentralized. And so many of us get caught up in the how. I'm a very big proponent of who can help me get there, who can help us all get there, who can have a fabric of this culture. I'm a big culture person. Like if you have a poor culture, that's why employees leave, that's why people leave organizations and teams, et cetera. So with that being said, it's one of those, it's just when you get to see a guy have a light bulb moment or he's bawling his eyes out and his wife and him are reconnecting and he is completely just done a 360. Just those magic moments that just, they pop up at the right time and fill my cup and my energy. And then you start seeing men get involved in the organization and pay it forward because that's our model. It's like a farm system in Major League Baseball. And they start getting to experience that. And they're they're paying it forward and they're helping other men grow. And you get to see their face smile on just the impact that they're they're having, man. I mean, we can't stop this now if we tried. And we're not going to. My key is is that it can't die with me. You know, and that that was recognized a couple of years ago. And that's why I brought in some outside influence to help us just things that I'm not that good at, that I'm weak at, more structure, more operations, more programs are on the horizon. And because at the end of the day, my wife looks at me now and she says, make sure this is still thriving when Landon's 18, 19, 20. Make sure, you know, so and we look at it like that. We look at it at 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, and we're not fixated on the dollar. Like we're not fixated on like that, that's, that will come. The, the financial aspect of it will come. And we all look at ourselves as investors and into the whole process. Because ultimately my, uh, my big picture goal and why here is we're going to employ over a thousand men in, in this world that are going to work inside this organization that are never going to, they're going to feel like they never worked a day in their life. And uh, they're going to be doing God's work at the end of the day. So, sorry about that. How many men have been through school so far? Oh, goodness gracious. Like I said, we're not into quantity. Right now, active in Psalm, we've got 151. Right now, there has been 40-ish that have earned our Phoenix. That's a two to three year process. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. Like we look, we go at it a different way. Now I could give you some big numbers with email lists and free stuff and all that, but I'm talking about the men that are constantly active that are just grinding day in and day out just to become a better man and giving back. So our Phoenix is our official insignia that stands for rebirth. It has a, it has a deep meaning. We have men that have it tattooed on their bodies. That's how powerful this is. I, we're the product, you know, like we're not, I mean, school man doesn't produce an iPhone. I understand the value of 
I, I love the fact that you guys have a challenge going for your graduates. Mm-hmm. As a guy who spent some time in the military, I deeply, mm-hmm. deeply value how important those are for men once they hit a certain place. Yeah, man, they're important. And we have a process with our warrior box system. You know, everything's earned in some, it's not ever given. And you have to hit missions to, in order to earn it. You're going to be held accountable. That's the crazy thing. None of us knew each other before this whole thing. That's the cool and crazy thing. We are a big veteran company, meaning like we are 501c3 side of the house. I mean, that's where we spend a lot of our time employing special operators to help us and some of our crucibles just to get them back to doing things that they love and has changed their lives too. But yeah, the we have three three key insignias. I mean, we've got the humble warrior, liberated warrior, then of course the Phoenix. And the Phoenix is board voted on and it's on a body of work. And it's just, you know, rebirth happens every March. We had rebirth 2.0 in March and it's just, man, if you cannot get moved for rebirth, then you, you don't have a pulse. I mean, that's just how powerful because these guys have been on the journey, you know? So, Cole, one of the things I love about School of Man is you have a set ethos. I wanted to Mm -hmm. share that with everybody. That is, a man is driven by his why. A man runs to the sound of adversity. A man commits to taking action. A man does not make excuses. A man chooses integrity as his value of choice. Mm -hmm. A man vows to renew his one-second contract daily. A man is not a shitty teammate. A man is a servant leader. A man embraces change and a man embraces legacy. And I love that you guys have really defined that out. And these are values you hold on to with the school of man. I think that's Mm -hmm. just incredible. What is a one second contract? Everybody asked me that question. And really where that comes from is we have 86,400 seconds in a day. And in class one, the OGs, the founding fathers of this organization were founded because reason why I created it during my experience during the hell week simulation, my teammate died at my feet. So it woke me up in understanding mortality motivation. So your one second contract is we have no clue what's in store for us. We have no clue when the second's going to be up. So you better live and not exist and you better pay the rent every single day. So that's, that's what that means. It's just a wake up call. Sorry about that. Forgot my computer was dinging. In chapter three, you talk about a man named J.C. McDaniel, and mm-hmm. he changed your life, whether you realized it at the time or not, forever right there. Mm-hmm. And he said, Cole, you need to unfuck yourself. Your life mm-hmm. wasn't going where you wanted it to, and you weren't making the best choices. And it's an incredible story, and guys, you need to go back and read that. I'm not going to review the whole chapter, so you guys have to actually go back and read, and read the book. How does that advice apply to men on a broader level? Because I think it's actually really sound advice. Man, you've got to feed yourself what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. You know, at that time, that was that jolt that broke my jaw, preferably, and finally woke me up, right? And pain's our best teacher at the end of the day. It really is, and it's how you convert it into purpose. I was just fortunate enough that JC was sitting across from me, and he gave me the knife hand, and he was someone that I highly respect. Now, someone that told me that I don't respect, I would just be like, you know, screw you, man. But it was exactly the medicine I needed at that time, and it's something we dish out constantly in some. We, we do because we don't care about your feelings, plain and simple. Feelings are bullshit, and if you let them, they'll kill you at the end of the day. 
uh, you have to understand how to use them in the right way. But with that being said, there's a lot of times the wake up call is important. I mean, if you're, yeah, I see it all the time in the industries that I work in, plenty of guys make six, seven figures, big time money, but they're just getting sm smashed on two, three day golf trips. And it's just like, bro, unfuck yourself. This, what kind of life are we trying to live here? I mean, this isn't a playboy mansion type of lifestyle. No, we're here to, we're here to do work, right? We're here to do work. And that's what I needed at that time. And it's something we use constantly. And so, I mean, it's there to hit you square in the ego. So a lot of guys are going to be like, no, screw you, man. Screw you. <laughs> no, no, here's the deal. I'm, I'm feeding you truth and the truth freaking hurts. Plain and simple, it hurts. So. Well, as a culture, we've moved to a point where we believe that pain is bad and we yeah, shouldn't yeah. be uncomfortable. I saw you do Spartan races. I'm a fellow obstacle course guy. Yeah. And one of the things I love about Tough Mudder is their slogan of get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Uh, I That just, I love that saying because it's so counterculture at the moment of mm -hmm. what we think people are doing. So in chapter 17, you said something really profound and I think it sets aside a defining mindset of men who are mentally, mentally transitioning from that I'm just a guy to I'm going to be a man. And that's, if yeah. not me, then who? Yeah, if not me, then who? And that comes from the Travis Mannion Foundation. I wear that bracelet on the entire time and knock at the door is a great book written by his sister. But anyway, if not me, then who is a great reverse engineered question. Like, I mean... I was put on this earth for a reason. God created me for a reason. If bullets are flying at me, proverbial bullets, adversity, whatever, or I was given the opportunity and the pressure to step up and just present maybe in public or do something that pulls me so far outside of that zone, if not me, then who, man? If I don't take risk and I don't take chances on myself, if I don't actually lean into that, life's just going to pass me on by. And that's to me where a lot of men have to raise their hand and say, if not me, then who? I might not know all the answers and I'm okay with that, but I guarantee you someone does. And I guarantee you they're, they're willing to help me get to where I need to go and want to go. And I'll do the same thing for other people. Cole, there are a lot of men who are just jammed up, right? They're not in a place mm -hmm. necessarily mentally or physically to maybe join up with school of man. Although you have a distinct program. You've said that the screening process is very exclusive because it is so intense and so deep. So where mm. does the average man start? Yeah, so the average man, where he would start is within our battle guide series. And you can go to schoolman.live and that's where I created that four and a half years ago because we use a shotgun approach in life. The battle guide series, for one, I needed to create something for my men to get them to look at journaling as a necessity and not woo hippie. So I created the battle, battle guide to create momentum in men's life, but we teach you how to use our rifle approach, which stands for relevancy, illustrate your why, friction, leadership, and execution. That's what the rifle stands for versus shotgun approach. That's the easiest place to get started. You know, this week we're launched School of Money, the 10 Money Mindset Principles of the Super Wealthy. And that's another place. So we're always offering, you know, just different programs to meet men where they are including their wives too, through our sisterhood and strength and strength and sisterhood style of program coming up in May fuel. That's our nutrition recovery, fitness program, help you become like Wolverine. So 
Just go to schoolman.live and that's where you're going to be able to get things rolling. Cool. I'll have all the links for everything in the description in the show notes of this, obviously. What's next for Cole Rogers? What's next for me? I've been on the war path for me personally. I've got a 24-hour world record to go break. And I'm going to be doing that in the first weekend of November. So 24 hours of most Murphs. And it's a very personal deal with me. So it's Murph. He, he helped transform my life. And the ethos there is make the call, you know, for those that know Michael Murphy and the story behind Michael Murphy. But I've been training for it for 18, 20 months now. And a Murph is one mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, a mile run with 20-pound vest. I've got 20 rounds of that. If not me, then who? And the message is men live, do not exist. So I'm on the war path. And as we continue to expand and grow some, that's just that's my mission, my life's calling. So there's always another mission, another goal, another mountain. And I want to pull people along that want to come on for the ride. Guys, we've been talking with Cole Rogers of School of Man. Be sure to go check out all his stuff. All the links are in the description. And as always, be better tomorrow because what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.